Thanks to Phil Hoffman Travel, it costs no more to travel with the best. This is 5AA Travel Talk. It certainly is, and we've got some wonderful travel experts uh, in the studio with us as usual. Firstly, manager of the Phil Hoffman Travel City office, Jeremy Potter. How are you, Jeremy? Very good, Anna. Good good. to see you again. Busy? Very busy. Very busy. uh, Generally, it's a busy time of year, but it's... You never really know until it happens, but yeah, no, very busy at the moment. Is it too late for me to book a Christmas holiday? It's not too late, but you wouldn't want to be too much later than no. than, than, than now. There's still a bit around, I'd imagine. There Some is the cruises, still. cruises, spots on cruises and things like that. They're quite popular over Christmas Christmas time. No one wants to cook dinner and yeah. wash up. What, and why do you think I'm asking? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we also have a special guest with us, Shona Bannister, who is uh, with Wendy Wu Tours, a very famous uh, tourism name. Hi, uh, how are you? Hi, Alan. Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming in too. Now, Wendy Wu Tours is a very, very well-known name. What's the what's the story behind Wendy Wu? How long's it been around? It's funny that you ask that because it's actually Wendy's twenty five year anniversary this year. Because Wendy still is in the game, isn't Wendy's she? She does very much yeah. an integral part of the business. Um, and now is based over in London, but she started out her business in Sydney. So, a uh, funny story on it though is that she was studying in Sydney at the time and was working as a travel agent. And a lot of people said how passionate she was about China. So she put together a tour to China and just put the ad in the paper and got about 60 people respond from from the ad so from that she kind of thought well maybe i'm onto something and that was 25 years ago 25 years ago yeah wow look at it now i know such an inspirational lady considering how big the business has grown from there and she's based in london now she's now based in london yeah but she still very much has a lot to do with the business even here in in australia as well yeah i can imagine she'd be one of those micro managers she'd be she'd she'd know what was going on (laughs) she likes to very much know what's going on yeah and she knows her stuff too and that's uh, that's the key to this uh, this industry isn't it of course yes mm. most definitely mm. um i'm always i guess surprised and humbled whenever i speak to wendy i guess how much she knows and how much she's got her finger on the pulse with things so mm. yeah i think that's what it obviously takes to become such a successful business owner too got any questions about travel uh, where to go and uh, how to get there give us a call eight double two three double o double o. um the team's going to be here for the next half hour and we're going to be discussing some some pretty good uh, adventures that are available and uh, that's one of the the areas that you uh, specialise in, that wonderful experience, isn't it? Yes, most Mm. definitely. And what we like to think of ourselves as a fully inclusive touring experience. So we take care of everything involved in the booking process so the flights all of your accommodation all of your sightseeing all of your meals are included as well too and the visas so like i said it's a really seamless experience if you're if you're working or if you're booking with wendy Wu. Mm-hmm. um jeremy i'd imagine uh wendy Wu is a popular brand within yes, the phil hoffman industry certainly is yeah mm. we've, we've been booking a wendy for a lot, long time and in particular the last few years we're just talking off air outside about our um port adelaide game yeah, in Shanghai yeah. and we have a lot of packages that do tours of China before or after and, mm. and generally in the last few years we've been using Wendy Wu for all of those as well. Now so. that, that, that's of course a really good opportunity isn't it? You're going there, to, you do that package, you do the footy package, why go all that way and get on a plane and come back sure, home? Sure, you pay for the flight. Yeah, you might as well uh, extend it. And certainly for Asia as well, quite often Asia is so, so affordable when you're there that mm. the flight is a big, the biggest part of the price and once you, you know, you've you're mm. paying that anyway. It's, it almost makes that that tour almost a no-brainer to carry on and see see more while you're there. So, Shona, what what, what are the uh, the hot uh, destinations uh, for the new year? 
So for this year, Japan has been going absolutely off the hook. And in fact, uh, we've actually seen 50% growth in Japan in really? 2018 this year. Yeah, And I think I think some of that was attributed to the exposure that Japan has had around uh, the Rugby World Cup in 2019. And then, of course, the Olympics that are going to be happening in 2020 as well, too. So Japan is, is really the hot destination at the moment. That's interesting because wasn't Japan sort of peaking a few years ago? Then it went off the boil a little bit, didn't it? It really Am is right? one of the, it yeah. really is one of those places that sort of peaks and troughs, but I think it never really kind of strays from people's radars. No. Have you done Japan? Yeah, Japan is absolutely fantastic. It really is um, sort of that amazing kind of culture sort of shock because they have so many different traditions and customs from what we're used to, but it is absolutely a spectacular place as well. Like, just visually, the landscapes are just mm, beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I haven't been there, but uh, what always takes me when I see it on TV and in, in your brochures and so forth, the extremes. Most... Every time you turn around, there's something else that you're looking at, isn't it? Most definitely. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you've got the incredible Mount Fuji, you've got beautiful ancient temples, like the beautiful Himeji castles, uh, the Shinto shrine. So there's lots of iconic sites that you would have seen visually in brochures and things. Um, but, yeah, it, it really doesn't compare to, to actually being there. What... Um, uh, do we get much return business for Japan? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Like, so one, it's very one, reciprocal. One's bitten, hooked. Yeah, most definitely. And um, I think um, even once you're over in Japan, if you tell them that you're from Australia, there's sort of quite a warm, happy, friendly response in that, oh, you know, we recognise that too, Australia, Aussie, Aussie. So, right, yeah, yeah, yeah most definitely. Um, Jeremy, have you done Japan? Yeah, I certainly have, yeah, loved it. I went probably about two or three years ago, and I think the... Two things struck me. One was how funny the people were, in yeah. sometimes unintentionally, but it, what a great sense of humour they have. I know, you know, people think they're a bit shy and a yeah, bit standoffish, yeah, but yeah. so funny once you get to know them. We had a great fun. And um, the food, food was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. not just, you know, everyone knows sushi, but there was everywhere we went, the food was different and mm. the food was amazing. What about language? Is, is English widespread? Not necessarily widespread, but I think just the manner of the Japanese people, they want to help you anyway. So I know that in Tokyo, we kind of got a little bit lost from our hotel. We were sort of only maybe 10, 15 minutes away. And in the end, we sort of showed some locals where we were staying and trying to translate and speak. It was a little bit tricky, but at the same time too, they then took us all the way, stopped what they were doing and then took us all the way back to her, our hotel. They walked back walked, there. Walked us back there. So, I mean, I guess that sort of is indicative of the kindness and mm. sort of the manners, the mm. manners of, of the Japanese people. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen here. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go down there, turn left, yeah. turn right, and, you know, get on your bike. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the advice we'd get here. All right, what are some of the, if I do go to Japan, what are some of the bucket lists that I, I should have? Well, I think you absolutely have to go to Tokyo. It's yeah. a must, um, just simply because it's such a city of contrast as well too. Um, you've got sort of really high-tech and futuristic, you know, shop frontages, but then you've got ancient temples that have been around for, you know, a thousand or more years. So Tokyo really sort of provides you, I guess, a good grasp of Japan as a whole but um, Kyoto and Mount Fuji are obviously the big must-sees as well but I think to sort of get a real sense of Japan it's probably best to get off the beaten track maybe mm. go visit places like the Fuji Five Lakes district or even go over to Kanazawa and Takayama over on the west coast and you'll really feel like you're stepping back in time seeing some of those traditional villages yeah 
Anything to add, Jeremy? Um, yeah, Kyoto, definitely. Uh, um, uh, Tokyo is... I, I, I love the big cities. That's, that's my favourite part mm. of travel is a big city. So Tokyo was amazing. It didn't disappoint at all on that front. But we also went to a place called Nara, which is just outside yes. Kyoto. That's famous for a couple of things. They've got deer that bow down to people. Yeah. and uh, deer. After, yeah, and, yeah, and they get fed by the tourists. So they're everywhere there's deer trying to get in your bags and things like that. That was quite <laughs> good fun. But they've got this incredible, I think it's the largest wooden temple. Wooden Buddhist in, temple, in, in, temple, yeah. Unbelievable. I've yeah. never heard of Nara. And, no, I haven't and either. Then, um, yeah, I went there now. I, I tell everyone about it when they're asking about Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Good place for kids. Yeah, most yeah, definitely. Sorry. There's a, there's there's lots of um, cosplay, and they sort of like to get dressed up in costumes and things. It's, it's actually very much a hobby of the Japanese um, to sort of be wandering around on the Sunday, in um, in the Harajuku district, and yeah, it's sort of a it's sort of almost a competition to kind of outdo each other to get dressed up. So yeah. for kids, it's quite funny because they'll sort of see lots of I guess interesting characters kind of <laughs> getting getting around the place. Yeah. Now, uh, what about uh, let, let's go back to, to Wendy Wu tours. Good for couples, but also good for singles. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you ask that because um, this year we've actually introduced our solo tours, right. uh, which is perfect for people, I guess, who don't necessarily feel quite comfortable travelling by themselves, but still don't necessarily, I guess, want to do a group tour because they feel they'll be bound with people, you know, with couples and so forth. And what's fantastic about that is that we've built in some flexibility so that they can actually go off and wander and do a few things on their own accord but at the same time too there's no single supplements and every single person is guaranteed a, a single room or wow. a, a room to themselves but, and no single supplement no single supplements how are you yeah. covering that uh, wendy oh, wendy's wendy. being generous on her 25th anniversary <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, that's fantastic isn't it because jeremy that's a big growth area and that is a really really big selling point of phil hoffman it travel you have the solo club we don't have the you? solo club and we have events where so like-minded solo travelers mm. can get together and um, talk about travel and maybe plan trips together yeah it works mm. Well. Mm. And the other thing, we're not talking about people who are literally on their own. We're talking perhaps about, uh, you know, the husband doesn't want to go travelling, but the, the wife does, or vice versa. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. Th- th- that makes you a solo traveller, doesn't it? Most definitely. And yeah. I've actually even had, um, over over the last week, I actually had um, an elderly mother who wanted to travel, to travel with her son. And they didn't necessarily want to share a room, but of course they didn't want to pay a single supplement mm. either because mm. they didn't feel that was right either. So by putting them on a solo tour they can still enjoy the comforts of traveling i guess you know to a certain degree by themselves but they'll still be on the same tour that they can enjoy together fantastic all right will you convince me what deals have you got uh well at the moment with our solo tours we're offering 150 dollars off up until the 14th of december um but if you are sort of traveling in a couple in a couple we're offering our partner flies free deal at the moment wow. okay. so the second person gets their the cost of their flights discounted off of their tour so that's a really fantastic saving at the mm. moment yeah mm. and uh how long would I have to go for? What's what's the ideal period? You're probably looking at it at the bare minimum two weeks, um, just to sort of cover some of the places that you want to see, uh, because you can get around quite easily. Uh, bullet trains make it absolutely yeah seamless to kind of travel around. Um, but from getting from Tokyo uh, over to maybe the west coast or down to Hiroshima, which is tend- tends to be a popular place for mm. people to want to go and see and experience and understand the history, two weeks is probably um, yeah, at the very least, a bare minimum. Right, okay. That's, uh, that's longer than I, I thought. 
Yeah. But it makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Oh, if definitely. So I think if you're going to try and experience mm. experience it, like two weeks is a good yeah. taster, and then yeah. of course you can always go back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining uh, it's worth going to just to experience that bullet train, Jeremy. Yeah, the bullet train's amazing. I think that everyone's got that on their list. Yeah. Of, you know, along with yeah. Tokyo and Kyoto, the, the bullet train as yeah. well. I got I got the train from Kyoto to Tokyo. What I couldn't believe is how regular the surf, there was a train yeah. every four minutes or something. And it's a so, bullet so train. So we get there 20 minutes before our train to make yeah. sure we're there at the right place and about six trains <laughs> came into Tokyo before us. We kept trying to get on the wrong train. So they're train. running that many, many Unbelievable. trains on, and on all the full. We got on and there wasn't a spare seat. Wow. So, yeah. so they're running they're very efficiently. It's so sure. incredibly efficient to the yeah. point that last year the government actually came out and made a public apology for their their, their lack of inefficiency uh, last year because over the entire network the average that they had of late trains was seven seconds. So <laughs> <laughs> it gives you a good idea of how yeah, efficient yeah. they are. You know? <laughs> they could offer a bit of advice, couldn't yeah, they? Around the place. <laughs> I, wonder, the train. I wonder if they have, have uh, trains that can turn right. No, we won't go into that. We won't go into that. Hey, listen, uh, Shona, great to, to, to see you, great to chat to you and great advice. Thank and uh, And uh, the advice is to get into the nearest Phil Hoffman travel office and check out uh, the great deals that Wendy Wu Tours have got going at the moment. Absolutely, for sure. And thank you so much for having me. As my well, pleasure, too. my pleasure. We're going to be back uh, with Jeremy and we've got some more great uh, bargains for you after this. Uh, if you want to uh, ask any questions or get some advice, 8223 0000. The Phil Hoffman Travel Team will be in the 5AA Travel Lounge between 2 and 2.30 today, taking your calls off air. Phil Hoffman Travel's experts can give you the best advice on where to go, when to go, what to see and how to get there. Whether you're planning your trip by plane, ship, rail or road, the 5AA Travel Lounge is where you need to check in. Call the Phil Hoffman Team between 2 and 2.30 today. All calls are answered off air. Call 84191473. That's 84191473. It's one of the best travel events in Adelaide. Discover dream holidays in 2019 with Phil Hoffman Travel. Sunday the 18th of November. Hot deals, expert advice and presentations from AAT Kings. Insight Vacations, Trafalgar, Uniworld and Adventure World. From Australia to the waterways of Europe, national parks of North America, African safaris and everywhere in between. Let us help make your 2019 extraordinary. Sunday 18th November 1pm at the Pullman Hotel Adelaide. Register at pht.com.au In Adelaide and across South Australia, this is Alan Hickey. Scraped your caravan? Walker Crash Caravan Repairs. Easy insurance repairs fast. 13 minutes away from 2 and we are talking Phil Hoffman travel. We have... um Jeremy Potter with us, who's the uh, the manager of the Phil Hoffman Travel City Office, uh, an easy go-to man for all things travel. If you've got any questions or you want some advice, eight double two three double o double o. Now we've talked about Japan. Let's yes. stay in uh, Asia. Thailand. Thailand. Uh, I've yep. never heard anyone go to Thailand and come back uh, disappointed. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think there's many people that would would do that. I'm certainly not one of them. I started going to Thailand before I lived in Australia, so it's obviously a bit of a longer longer haul from the UK. Yeah, but yeah. what's the attraction? Place. Because that's quite common, isn't it? Uh, yeah. What what is the attraction? I think you've got a bit of everything, and you've got you've, you've got cult- amazing culture, something completely different um, to to what we're used to, obviously, and you've also got amazing beaches. So you can easily combine, you know, so you can go to Bangkok for three or four nights, yeah. do the cultural mm. side of things or up to Chiang Mai, but then you can go down to one of the islands and, and really enjoy some of the pristine beaches. There's great diving spots and it's incredibly good value for money. Mm. The hotels, the yeah. food, the drink, 
and the food again, it always comes around there when you come to me. It's a common I've had theme, my lunch yeah. today, you wouldn't know it, would you? But, um, yeah, the, the, the food is incredible. Now, yeah. what about uh, the best time of the year? Because the, the weather's important. Yeah, it is. It's, um, I guess the best time of the year is our summer in terms of if you're looking for beach destinations because that's their sort of, they call it their winter, so it's their dry yeah. season. Yeah. Um, but it's still, still very hot. Um, but it's dry, it's not so humid. And then come our winter, it's still perfectly good time to go but there'll be a bit more rain around and a bit mm. more humidity um but it's high season here school holidays in july there'll be plenty of aussies going over there regardless mm. when we talk rainy season it tends to build up during the day and then you get a sudden downpour and then it's then it's, it's all back, over then it's back to normal uh, which for, is until the next quite day. common in asia yeah mm. so mm. it's certainly an all-year-round destination really in that regard but it doesn't get stinking hot though does it uh, in the hot season not not really not on the islands it can get pretty humid in the, if you're yeah. in bangkok or somewhere like that but to be honest it's you know like all yeah, but they asia... don't get the 40s and 42s no, like we no, get no, do no, they no 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 and all asian cities are hot and humid to be honest aren't they the, the southeast mm. asian ones that we mm. go to mm. they're, they're well prepared for it what would be on your top of the list as a destination in Thailand, in Thailand, in yeah. Thailand. Well, Koh Samui is is perfect. I've yeah. Fond memories of I saw it on my notes here. It's, at the, it's where I honeymooned. Oh, did you? Uh, yes, okay. I, I did. Yeah. And, um, oh, and you're still speaking fondly of it, so it must have been all well, right. Well, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I saw these notes. And it said, "Tell tell us about go. Tell us about your honeymoon." I thought, well, "Hello, yeah. that's uh, <laughs> daytime <laughs> so, radio." Someone and knew something uh, <laughs> that's going on, Jeremy. But um, no, it's a fantastic place. What what is beautiful about it is is it still managed to remain. I mean, if people went there 20 years ago and they go there now, they'll certainly see some differences. But mm. compared to, say, Phuket, which is probably the most popular destination, it's it's a bit more low-key. It's a bit There's quieter areas. And even the main drag beach area, which is Charwing Beach, is still pretty tame compared to somewhere like Patong in, in Phuket. Yeah, right. It's just not as long established. And it's almost like they're trying to keep it... It's different, so yeah. there's a reason to go mm. there. That's also where the Big Buddha is too, isn't it? Big Buddha's there. Yeah. There's uh, we went we we went there as a, as a on a conference a few years ago, believe it or not, which is a nice place to go for a conference. And mm. there's there's elephant parks. We did some four wheel, you know, all terrain driving. And um, yeah, there's there's plenty to see and do. It's not just again uh, nice beaches. conference. It was a nice conference. Yeah. A... <laughs> not stuck behind the the, the 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 table. No, no. Well, we had a bit of that as well, of course. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you can get out of town, can't you? And for experience, village life and that sort of thing. That's part of the exactly attraction. right. And uh, and there's a, there's a really nice area as well because I mean Charwang, which I've talked about, is is the main drag. There's right in the middle of Charwang Beach. There would be the bars and nightclubs and things like that. But as I say, on a on a more subtle and lower key note compared to other lots of night markets great for shopping so people would want to go there even if they weren't staying there Mm. Um, and then at either end of that beach obviously it gets quieter so you've got some beautiful resorts and then just round the corner only probably about a 20 minute drive you've got an area called Bo Put which was an old fishing village and that's even quieter there's some resorts there again quiet beach but really great honeymooners families just without the sort of um, the nightclubbing side of things. So it's, you're sort of painting the picture that it'd be the place to go for a good holiday as opposed well, yeah. to an adventure. That's right, yeah, yeah. There's definitely flop and drop type sort yeah, of stuff, but yeah. with a bit of a day here or there yeah, to do other stuff yeah. as well. Boat trips, obviously diving, and um, and then the, the shopping in the evening, which is... And, and the, be- the beaches like. are pretty nice, aren't they? The beaches there are lovely, yeah. Uh, uh, white sands, you know, clear seas, and as I say, a, a big diving destination as well, so you can do a bit of snorkelling and all mm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's wonderful. Uh, all right, well, you've sold me. What, what are your hot deals? Uh, well, hot deals at the moment... I, I was talking before about Koh Samui and about the... the um, 
either end of Charwing Beach setting, so yeah. you're getting that sort of proximity to shopping, but you're not right on the doorstep. Yeah. And there's a hotel called the Nora Brewery Resort and Spa, and at the moment it's a five star. We can get um, six nights there from four eight nine per person. Twin share so for six nights. For six nights. For four eighty nine. And, and five star. And that's another thing about Thailand. The service is is amazing from the people that work there. It's good natured, um, so efficient, and it's, it's, it's a great place. They're very gentle, well gentle people. Very gentle. They don't yeah. get, they don't get over excited. No. There's no jumping up and down and shouting. Even if they're un- you wouldn't mm. know if they're unhappy most of the time. It's it's mm. it's yeah. Mm. They're pretty laid back. And what I love about it too is the pace. Yeah. You know, where it takes you a while, doesn't it? it? Takes a couple of days to actually take a breath and say, "Oh, actually, it's okay to walk slowly." That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they're walking slowly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible uh, value, though. Four hundred eighty-nine dollars for six nights yeah, and five stars. That's what I was talking resort. about at the beginning about Thailand. It's, it's yeah. great value. And so, when you go out for a meal, you think ten bucks will get you a nice main course and a couple of beers. It's mm. you know, it's an, mm. it's incredible. Mm. Not only that, the food is not just cheap; it's it's fantastic as well. All right, so that's on special at the moment. So get into your nearest uh, Phil Hoffman travel office. Now, Albatross is another name that we hear a lot about. So yes. tell us about Albatross. Well, so Albatross are a, a, well, they all call them something different. It's, it's a group touring company. Some 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 of them shy away from being called bus yeah. tours or coach yeah. tours, but mm. you've got to get around somehow. That's and if right. that's on a coach, then, yeah. then then we can call them coach tours. Yeah. Um, they have some subtle differences to some of the major players out there, and, and they're ones that I like, and it's the ones that mainly our clients like as well. So one big difference is their group size. So it's a maximum 28. So a lot of these big tour companies would have 40, 45, mm. even 50 mm. people on the bus. And that's a big bus. It's a big bus, but this is a big bus as well, but yeah. half the people on it. So yeah. basically you've all got a window seat, you can spread out, you can enjoy the views, and it, you'll be amazed how much time it takes to get 50 people off a bus yeah, compared absolutely. to 28. Mm. I used to be a... a tour guide in, in Europe on coach tours. Mm. So I know all of those sort of issues. And this really I really like. The other thing that's really nice about them, and, and again, sets them apart from nearly everyone else out there, if you look at some of their tours, they're having three, four, even five-night stays in places. Ah, so they're, yeah. they're not going, you know, in, dinner, have a quick look at the city the next day and then on to the next place and suitcases out at 6am. It's more of a holiday, but it's also time to immerse yourself, have a look around these places. They, call, they have something called My Time, which basically means if you're there for four days, one of those days is going to be a free day in resort. Right, so you're okay. not mm. thinking you have to get on the bus and go and do something. Because that's the biggest sort of drawback you hear from people doing these tours that whistle mm. around cities is we would have just liked a day to yeah. wander mm. around, mm. have a drink. And in the end, uh, I, one of the criticisms I hear is they all become a bit of a blur. They yeah, all exactly merge right, into yeah, one another yeah. because yeah. we haven't had enough time in each. And, and so. I guess the other thing that leads on with that is because they've only got these small groups, they can stay in hotels that, that you can't stay yeah, in. A, you know, mm. where, you know, boutique, family run. If you stayed in Switzerland, it's, you think of these up halfway up the mountain with mm. flowers in the window boxes. Those are the sort of hotels, family run, that you're staying in, not a Hilton or a Mercure or mm. somewhere where you could be anywhere in the world once you step through the front door. So mm. it's uh, some real advantages of what they do. And, um, you know, clients, it's becoming a real a real bonus for our clients, this sort of stuff. It's, 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 it's where it's at at the moment. And you've got a, got a good little deal here. I'm just looking. Um, uh, uh, ten days, Milan to Munich. Yes. So what they're, what they're doing, this, is, this isn't for next year yet, it's for the year after, but I don't know how many people would have heard of Oberammergau and the Passion Plays. 
But um, every 10 years, this uh, Oberammergau is a, a village in the Bavarian Alps. Right, so OK. In, in thank, Germany. You for, thank you for explaining in, that. In Germany. And they have every 10 years a passion play. And the passion play is, is about the passion of Christ. So it's yeah. about his life. I've heard about the passion play. In between yeah. Yeah. when he went to Jerusalem when, and before he was crucified. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what the play is. And I, I reckon it's about 400 years ago it started up. And it was to do with um, there'd been a lot of plague and the Great Plague was going around at this time. And to give thanks for surviving, basically, they decided to put on these plays. They do it every 10 years. Um, nowadays, I think in the old days, it would have been a fairly small affair, mm. up to 2,000 people on, on, okay. on stage during a five-hour play. Wow. And it's all the residents of the, of the village that are getting in, in, involved in this thing. So it's amazing. Once every 10 years, so mm. 2020 is the next one. And this tour would give you the tickets and it will take you um, to Oberammergau and, and, and see what's going on. An interesting fact about the Oberammergau Passion Plays is to say the local residents are the people who play in the play. And um, from Ash Wednesday 2019, they start growing, the, the men obviously, <laughs> they start growing beards and their hair. They don't get it cut or shaved the play. until the plays, which are a year later. So you is imagine there's right? a bit of uh, <laughs> there's some good beard action. Yes, there? some yeah, interaction going on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, how how much? What what what's the okay, deal? Okay, so they've they've got a tour in 2020. So it's yep. a 10 day Milan to Munich tour. So we're not they're not just taking you to watch the play and that, and that's the end of it. They're seeing things in between. So from Milan, you'll go to Lake Garda up into the lakes area, which is stunning if people haven't been to the northern lakes in in Italy. And they'll also head their way down. Um, so they're finishing in in Munich. So you also get to see Neuschwanstein. Uh, which is the famous castle? People don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. Look at the castle in Disneyland. It's it's that's, that's what it, it was. That's, that's what it, it was yeah. um, um, modelled on. So you get to see that as well as doing the the plays as well. And to so, say so those sell out because they're once every ten years. So if people are interested, they're opening them up now already for 2020 for a ten day tour. You're looking around about five thousand per person. Um, but remember what we said about the small groups. And they're also a very inclusive product. So a lot of tours out there will have optional tours. Mm -hmm. You seem to be mm -hmm. forever paying out. This is all there. So there's all no optionals, there's no tipping, It's everything's taken care right. of. So uh, yeah. you yeah. could almost go on a tour and not have to spend another another mm -hmm. cent, which is um, nice. So that, that price, uh, we're talking about 350 per person yeah, early savings, birds, Early we? birds early on bird at the discount. moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's on to the end of November. And, and that's not just this tour. The, the whole summer brochure would have that same early bird. Oh, OK, so the price. early bird applies yeah. to the whole So they're whole operating schedule. all over Europe, Europe and um, the UK and Ireland and Italy. Italy, they have an amazing tour called Italian Grande. My money is the best tour in Italy being operated at the moment. It's, it's wonderful. And combine that with some, uh, you know, some of the cheap airfares that are kicking around. I mean, Correct. It's, it's, it's the advice is to get in early and book early. It definitely is. They're, st they're still holding pretty well at the moment. Uh, people are still booking airfares for Europe next year. That's, that's why we're so busy at the moment. Mm -hmm. People are booking for Europe in the European summer. Um, but there's still some airfares to be had at the moment. You know, talking London from 12.50 per person. Unbelievable. As I say, I, I worked here worked here for 11 years now when i started in our norwood office early bird season came out and people were happy to get three thousand two hundred dollar yeah, airfares to europe right. and that yeah. was yeah. they waited for that yeah, and now yeah. it's it's almost yeah. a third of the price and and also on the list here just talking about that price you can get to for two thousand one hundred ninety nine around the world uh, around the world yeah, with, yeah, air, with yeah. air, that's right so <laughs> that's, yeah, you can stop some, in honolulu yeah. you can go to the, obviously the states and then uh, then come around through europe yeah. it's amazing and china southern they've got to los angeles on the go at the moment for one thousand ninety nine. Yeah, another yeah. another another yeah. great option. Again, another 
another airline that's flying out of Adelaide now. We're getting yep. sport. Absolutely. Well, listen, mate, uh, some uh, very tempting stuff there. Thanks, uh, Jeremy, and uh, we'll see you next time. No worries, Alan. All right.